Welcome back to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. Father Greg Sackwitz and Mark Teresi with you. We are live streaming here on the program this morning. We are social distancing. Greetings to all those that are watching live stream. Tremendous first half of the program. Part two will be just as fascinating. Backed by popular demand, second time this week, which is a record, Dr. Edward Gordon, historian and professor, be joins to speak about COVID-19 pandemic. Dr. Edward Gordon, great to have you on the program. How are you, Edward? Well, I'm well, and I hope both of you are as, uh, also feeling okay. We are. We are, and how we is are. Elaine doing? Thank fine, you. fine. We're and fine. Now, I remember the first time we had you on this topic, it was about mid-April, right after Easter, and I remember Mark asked the question, maybe I did, or maybe you even brought up yourself, Edward. We said, if this were a baseball game, what inning would we be in? And you said back in April, it'd be the top of the second. And Mark and I looked at each other and said, what? Mm-hmm. And guess what, Edward? You have been absolutely on target. I need to ask a question now. Seven or six months later, if this were a ball game, COVID-19, what inning of the game are we in right now, Edward? I'd say the fifth. So wow. about halfway over. It, uh, about halfway. It, that, that's, and that's optimistic. If it doesn't go into extra innings. Well, look, this is not the second wave. We never really finished the first wave. The first wave spread from the coasts to the center to the south, and now it's in the rural areas. And now it's coming back in other areas because they're getting reinfected again. All right? Mm-hmm. So, look. Uh, I, I have a lot of numbers I can bury you all in, and I really don't want to do that. I can just tell you this. We're in deep doo-doo right now. Hmm. Say, now, can I say more about that? Why? What's the deep doo-doo? The deep doo-doo is the fact that too many people are ignoring the simple safety precautions that we need to take in order to stop the spread of this infection. Chicago is at a 7.9 positivity rate right now. Uh, We've had uh, 2,900 people die in the city. 94,000 people have tested positive. Uh, In fact, we really believe that you can number the people that test positive, you can multiply by a factor of 10. So that really means that probably in the city there are 940,000 people who have the virus right now. Well, you try, right? Edward, you, that's close. We're talking a million people. That's right. So a lot of people are infected. They just don't show the symptoms. All right? Wow. So now look, the, the, the city and the state are going to come again, it looks, under lockdown. People don't like this. Businesses are dying. Parents are going nuts with their kids at home. The kids aren't getting a good education. All of these are awful things, folks. But let's make this very clear. This is life and death. This is the plague. We do not have a vaccine. That means that if we go to herd immunity, we're going to have one to two million people in the United States die from this. Right now, the projections are 300,000 may die by Christmas, over 400,000 by the end of February. And could you explain to folks, make sure they understand herd immunity? Herd immunity means that we'll just take off our masks, we'll go to restaurants, 
court and say, this doesn't exist. Welcome back to real life. Let it rip. All right? And that's where a lot of people feel, particularly younger people, because they hurting, say no, they're right, not Edward. getting sick, so why should I bother no, doing does, this? Does herd immunity mean that 60% of the population gets it, and you get past that halfway marker, and then it'll begin to disappear? Is that herd immunity? Right. Exactly. Okay. All right. And we did that with the Spanish flu. Uh, 1% of the population of the city of Chicago died from the Spanish flu in 1918, 1920. Okay? Mm-hmm. So if we did that now in the United States, uh, you know, in the Chicago uh, land area, you'd have huge numbers of people dying. We'd have, oh, 100,000 people die in the city, uh, half a million in the, in the Chicago land area. Uh, 750,000 in Illinois, and maybe 2 million people across the United States, and 469 million people all around the world. Now, Edward, I've got to ask this question. I have friends that do the, their extremes, and that is I know of friends who rarely leave the house right. and others who treat this like, Greg, this is the flu. What's the big deal? Okay. I, I want to offer you this revelation. Last year, 16,550 16, people died from traffic accidents in the United States. All right? Now, I want to propose this to you. Let's say 5% of all the drivers on the road right at this moment said, to hell with all the traffic laws. I'm, not, I'm going to speed, stop signs, stop lights. Uh, pedestrians, I don't give a damn, and they just ignored it. What would happen? We'd have anarchy. Mm-hmm. We'd have how many people dying every year on the road? Okay, right now you have 227,000 people have died from this. Now, in my car, I can see people coming at me. Oh, my God, I may die. I better obey the traffic law. I better stop. People can see the danger, don't they? And if I obey the law, then other people won't kill me, so I'll obey the law too, okay? Now, you do see people running red lights. We all see people breaking traffic laws. But it's not endemic that everyone is doing it, so I'm mm-hmm. going to do it too, and I don't care anymore. Well, hey, how many people aren't wearing masks? How many people aren't socially distancing? How many people aren't washing their hands? How many people insist on going to big crowd events? What I'm saying to you right now is that, on average, you are 14 times more likely to die from COVID than you are in a traffic accident. 14 times more. And as the numbers keep going up, that proportion will get bigger and bigger and bigger. All right? So when you say, well, uh, I'm more likely to die in a traffic accident going to O'Hare Airport than in a plane crash. Okay, let's make that comparison. I'm making this comparison now because you drive cars. People are afraid of dying in traffic. Oh, but, Ed, this COVID is a myth. It doesn't exist. It's, it's, a, it's a conspiracy by different people. It's all over the world, folks. It's all over the world. Now, Ed, you're, you're a historian. Um, and I know we're we're in the middle of this thing right now, but flash forward thirty years, looking back at this time, what? How would you look at this as a historian? Well, I would look at this that we're now getting animal viruses infecting populations, and because of the globalization of travel, 
it spreads around the world. The Black Death was something that was transmitted by fleas through rats that killed people. Mm -hmm. The Spanish flu was caused by infections from chickens and birds. This is caused by an infection from bats. I had a friend whose dog died of heart disease because they caught a virus. The dog had a virus, and it reduced the heart's pumping. He caught that virus. He is now, he's still alive, he's taking medication. Other people have caught that virus. It's not that uncommon. All right? Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying to you is hopefully in the next 50 years we will develop more ways in which uh, we'll be able to cope with viruses from animals that start infecting people. People are eating animal products that are dangerous. There's more close proximity to wild animals in many parts of the world. So we may have more plagues like this. This is the plague. You know, read the book, The Black Death, by Philip Zeigler. Now, then half to a third of the population of Europe died. They didn't have any significant medical treatments. We know that. And they certainly didn't have a vaccine to help people. This is not the Black Death, but this is very dangerous. In fact, folks, you want to join the conversation, 312-255-8408. 312-255-8408. Ask the master here, Dr. Edward Gordon, about the coronavirus or challenge him with a question or be part of this conversation. Uh, Edward, quick question. No one's going to argue about the need to wash hands. Even when we were kids growing up, my mom would say, Greg, mm-hmm. wash your hands before dinner. Wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. Why the big controversy about wearing a mask? Uh, because... It has changed over time. Remember initially, Dr. Fauci said, well, you don't need to wear a mask. We need the masks we have for the medical people. And that's true. There was huge shortages for doctors and nurses and others trying to treat sick people. Mm -hmm. That changed over time. Now we know that that is part of the solution. It is not a total solution. Now, if everyone wears a mask, it will help. It won't end it, but it will help reduce the number. But right now, you know, we were at 8 million people in America who tested positive. That was on the 18th of October. I predict tomorrow, 11 days later, we're going to be at 9 million people who test, have tested positive. What does this mean? This means that a lot of people aren't taking enough precautions so the virus is spreading. So a young person doesn't wear a mask, they go to a grocery store, they stand next to a 70-year-old person or a clerk or someone else and they catch it. The young person doesn't have it, okay? Though young people are dying from it, young people are getting sick, some of them have heart conditions, lung problems, neurological difficulties, they recover but they have these illnesses later. Now we're gonna take a little break. And, Ed, when we come back, I want you to address the issue of the vaccine. Yes. People think it's the silver bullet and everything's going to be wonderful in the overnight. Right. Uh, we'll talk about that. WNDZ, 750 AM, Catholic Chicago, uh, 312-255-8408. We're speaking with Dr. Ed Gordon, and we will be back, and our next topic will be the vaccine. Please stay tuned.
October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. At Catholic Charities, we want to remind you that we are here for anyone who's a victim of domestic violence or anyone who has a concern about someone they think might be a victim. This annual recognition of domestic violence began in 1961. Domestic violence affects millions of people each year, both women and men of every race, religion, culture, and status. It includes physical, psychological, sexual, and emotional abuse inflicted in both subtle and overt ways. If you or someone you know are victims of domestic violence and you are looking for a place to heal and recover, call Catholic Charities at 773-935-3434. That's 773-935-3434. We are working to bring hope and healing. Do you have a gently used laptop or desktop computer that is gathering dust in your home? Consider donating to our Catholic Charities Veterans Computer Project. We will clean out your device, give it new software, and repurpose it for a veteran who is looking for employment. Your gift will make an incredible difference in a veteran's ability to find a job. Catholic Charities provides veteran services throughout Lake and suburban Cook Counties, giving participants an array of professional and personal support. Our veterans have served our country, and it is our privilege to serve them. To learn more about Catholic Charities Veterans Services and the Veterans Computer Project, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. You're invited to Keep Hope Alive 2020, the online benefit and celebration of the Archdiocese of Chicago's Immigration Ministry and their nationwide program, Pastoral Migratoria. Join us virtually on the evening of Thursday, October 29th for a night filled with music, camaraderie, and inspiring speakers. Cardinal Blaise Supich and Sister Norma Pimentel of Catholic Charities of the Rio Grande Valley, who was recently recognized as one of Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People, will be joining us to help keep hope alive. Now, more than ever, the immigrant community, both here in the Archdiocese of Chicago and across the United States, needs the leadership formation and accompaniment that Pastoral Migratoria provides. Registration is free, and sponsorship and advertising opportunities are available. Visit www.keephopealive2020.org for more information and to register. Again, that's www.keephopealive2020.org. We're back, WNDC, 7.50 a.m. on your dial, Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408. Dr. Edward Gordon and Father Greg has a special announcement. Edward, give us some information about your doing a presentation tonight at Holy Name Cathedral. I know it's at 6.30 p.m. Right. What's your topic for tonight? Uh, the Church and State in Balance. It is the history of the Catholic Church in America from the colonial time till now, and the issues facing the Church today with a historical context. And now if people want to be part of tonight, do they just go to uh, www.holynamecathedral.org? Right, right. Okay, is Dr. Uh, Edward Gordon on a very important and topic we'll have tonight? A, it'll be for an hour and a half, so we have plenty of time to cover the history and answer questions as well. You're going to cover all that in an hour and a half? Well, <laughs> like about uh, to take it till midnight. let's put it this way, folks. It's my job to distill it down <laughs> so that people can get their arms around it and make some sense of it. That's so my job Dr. as a Edward historian. Gordon, 
6.30 tonight, p.m., go to holynamecathedral.org and find the slider that talks about um, Dr. Edwards' presentation this evening. And I know it'll be by Zoom, so right. I have the number information. So, right. folks, he's worth listening, like you can tell by the program this morning. So, Mark, do you have a question? Yes. I do. So suppose it's tonight and someone asks you, you know, Dr. Ed, um, well, once the vaccine comes, every, the churches will be filled again, won't it? Won't they? Well, first of all, remember, we have to find a reliable vaccine. And the best sources that, that I have tell me that by the middle of next year, we will have a reliable vaccine, and it will have been distributed pretty widely by them. Because mm-hmm. it's going to start out with the healthcare workers and then the people who have the greatest risks, so the ones who uh, have uh, uh, various types of illnesses now where they're compromised, and then older people, and it will gradually filter down. Yep. It'll probably take all of next year to distribute a, a reliable vaccine worldwide. Okay. Now you have many people, however, who uh, are anti-vaccine. Right. Uh, some say they won't. They're going to wait until there's something that is reliable and has been tested. That's about fifty percent. So when a, a vaccine is immediately available, some people will wait until they see what happens. I heard the impact will be about seventy percent of the folks. It will work, but mm-hmm. you're dealing with thirty percent that uh, still there would. You're still having an infected population. Well, uh, you may have. Uh, According to the latest polls mm-hmm. I have, 17% won't even take the vaccine. Oh. They, they will not, you said? Right. Wow. Correct. Wow. They will not. Well, how many people don't take a flu vaccine? Mm-hmm. All right. Now, some people uh, have a bad reaction to the flu vaccine. That's true. But most people do not. Is it better to get the vaccine or not to? Obviously, you're running a much higher risk if you don't get it. All right. Now, will the vaccine be perfect? No, no vaccine is ever perfect. Mm-hmm. However, right now, again, we are having the numbers of people being infected day to day in the United States is reaching all an all-time high and also worldwide. You have very soon this, this pandemic may become out of control unless people start taking precautions. Okay, Edward, let me ask you a question. we're talking about everybody taking these Okay, let me ask you a question, Edward. Yes. Well, we've seen since lockdown on March 14th, we were locked down until June 15th. Yes. So when, when, it, when it started, it was getting to be better weather. Right. June 15th was lifted, and yet it was a summer we never had because the things we normally would do, we never did. Mm-hmm. We could go outside more. Now it's getting colder. Yes. It's getting darker sooner. And we're getting to the flu season. That, as we project forward, do you really, do you truly see this being worse, much worse than we've had the last seven months? The potential is clearly there, unless people take these precautions. It, the, this disease is a killer, and it exists. That's why I'm trying to offer people some rubrics to compare it to other life-threatening things, like car accidents. This is much deadlier than dying in a car, and it's much more likely you're going to get it 
and die from it than a car accident. People are afraid of that. Mm-hmm. All right? And people have been ignoring this for many reasons. There has not been a national consensus on this issue. I wish to point out to all of your listeners, no matter what political persuasion they are, what religion they belong to or don't belong to, where they live, this is not a conspiracy. Forget the conspiracy theories. Now, Edward, I've heard people say the day after the election this is going to go away. No, that's not true. That You know, I mean, <clears throat> uh, no matter who the candidate is, uh, this is not going to go away. This is going to continue. Because even, now, even with that line of thought, when people yes. said to me, you know, Greg, the day after the election, you watch, the numbers are going to go down, it's going to go away. Therefore, their mindset is this whole thing has been a hoax. It's overblown out of proportion. People get the flu. And what scares me is a good number of people think that way. I, I'm with you. I don't see this changing you know, next week. All of a sudden, it's going to get better and go away. 29 states have a record of people being infected. <clears throat> and I, I'm, and I'm also hearing people, oh, yeah, look at the state, the Democratic states versus the Republican states. No, no. You know, I'm hearing this stuff. And so, and, but no, this is no. In people's I mean, minds. Illinois is on the verge of a total lockdown, okay? And we know that Illinois almost definitely will, will vote for Biden in the election. But then you look at other states that have always voted Republican, and they, too, now are on the verge. But there's differences. There are different, There are cities in other states where the governors have ordered a lockdown and the local cities have refused to follow it. I'm not going to pick. I'm not going to name those cities. But if you, you know, if you read anything other than just the Internet, if you read some well-edited newspapers, you will, you will read these stories. You know, uh, three weeks ago, we were tested in the U.S. at 51,000 people a day being tested positive. We are now at almost 80,000 people a day being tested positive. All right? So, uh, no, uh, the, the, the death rate has slowed because we are having a larger proportion of younger people now hospitalized. We have better antivirals in the hospitals so that more people are surviving, and that, those are all good things. However, as the numbers of people continue to rise who get sick, and if they overwhelm the hospitals, and in many states that we are approaching that, where the hospitals can't take any more people, they, the, the ones who could be saved with proper medical treatment, even if they're 40 or 30 or 25, will die. Because they can't get the medical treatment. Now, so, Ed, you're, you're right on top of this, Greg, Greg and I were saying. I mean, there's a passion in your voice about this. And I'm look, you're a historian. Uh, you're not clairvoyant. But, no. <laughs> but we're looking, but we're, we're, looking um, we're just talking, coming over here about Christmas. What do people have uh, to look forward to this Christmas time? Life. They want to live, don't they? Christ came to protect our lives, and if they want to live, they're going to have to do something that many Americans have forgotten the word. It's called self-sacrifice. Do they want to protect their loved ones, their parents, their babies? Do they want to do that, or do they want to be selfish? 
these holidays are going to be very difficult for everybody. Mm -hmm. Everybody. Old, young, rich, poor, Republicans, Democrats, Protestants, atheists, Catholics, around the world, Buddhists, Hindus. This is a war. This is a life-and-death struggle. People must understand that. And they continue to think that not wearing, seeing a mask and distancing are unmanly and it has a cost. Yes, the cost is death. And people need to understand that. And maybe soon we'll finally have a national consensus. How many people have to die? Let's see. We've already passed the numbers of deaths from the Korean War, the war in Vietnam, World War One. How many have died worldwide? And uh, right now, the U.S. worldwide, well, the U.S. deaths are 227. And deaths worldwide, I, I do not have the exact number. I'm yeah, sorry. I think an article that you sent me is over a, million, over a million. But we need to bring this to a close. I want to thank, in a very special way, Dr. Edward Gordon. Edward, you are phenomenal. Yes, thank this you topic. so much. Thank you for speaking the truth in terms of not candy-coating it, but being passionate about it. Well, let's hope next time you have me on, I have some better news. And maybe like mm-hmm. the eighth or ninth inning, but in soon. So God bless, Dr. Ed. Give my, our love to Elaine. Thank you. Uh, thank you to co-host you. Mark Teresi. Great job being with you, Mark. Thank you. thank you. Great work of our producer, Vince Gerasoli. Great work of our engineers, Michael May, Brian Hockey, Hitman Brock. To all of you, may God bless you. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Let's do the precautions necessary for COVID-19. God bless. Go Bears on Sunday. Yes. Hey, parents, have we got a great idea for you. While your kids are adjusting to be... 